tour all night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, head over to patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos. There you'll see what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Once again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoryamos to help us continue to make high-quality and Torytainment for you. Everybody. The European 2023 tour is just around the corner and we want to talk about it. Tori's added some exciting new cities to the mix and, just for fun, she shuffled the order of the old cities. So now we gotta replan, regroup, and yes, re-record! It's a brand new year, a brand new season, and a brand new era of tour all night. From ocean to ocean, to ocean to ocean two, we're your guide to everything tour. This episode is an edited version of a conversation we had last year with Gregory and Imani, but we wanted you to hear all the wonderful information they had to share about Brussels. Yes, thing for me, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm gonna have to fight with it in Instagram though, and it's not that really interesting, but it's okay. <laughs> right, I'll, let you, I'll let you both explain it at the end. Okay, okay cool. cool. We're here now in Brussels, Belgium, with our tour guides, too. We have Gregory Deli and Imani Povart. Hi, how are you both? Hi, hey. I'm great, I'm great. <laughs> I'm doing well, how are you? I'm great, thank you both for being on the show. And you two are friends, right? Yes, we're family. Oh, you're family? Yes, yes we yes, are. My cousin. Oh, cousins, okay, great. Yes, cousins, yes. Do you two share a love of Tori Amos together? And if so, who showed the other Tori Amos first? Well, I think I showed her. I don't really remember, but yeah, I'm yeah, I'm nine years older, and I've been a Tory fan for a, a while. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, I, I'm, I'm sure I was a Tory fan before she was. <laughs> I don't really remember showing her, but I can imagine I did. I, I show a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> I, I guide a lot of people to her songs, and uh, so uh, I can uh, imagine I showed her too. <laughs> How would you tell us the story, Imani? How would you say you discovered Tory? Yeah, well, it's true that I uh, discovered Tori because of my cousin Gregory, actually. Uh, I knew some songs before that, but like some of most of her songs I, I actually knew because of him. Paul, I think I was 17 back then when he introduced me to Tori. So uh, that's been a few years now. I'm 23 now, so uh, it's been a while. You're a baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to ask you both a question. What's your signature song, starting with Gregory? Well, my favorite album is from the Choir Girl Hotel because I'm Cancer's son and a Scorpio moon, so I love everything uh, Walter team. Mm. But maybe I would say just for the vibes and the sound, maybe Lust is my signature <laughs> song. Also because it's the first song of hers I heard. So that's always a very special one for me. And how did you discover that? <laughs> well, I uh, was actually watching a television show. It was Charms, actually, back in the 90s. <laughs> so I wasn't watching it in the 90s, but it uh, came out in the 90s. And um, yeah, after the title song, it always had a, a, a bit of a, of a song as the credits rolled. And I was watching and suddenly I heard that song and I didn't know what song it was, but I wanted to know because the part I heard I found so beautiful. So I went online and I looked it up and luckily there were a lot of fan sites that actually tracked all the songs that happened in all the episodes. And uh, that's how I discovered that song in particular and how I discovered Tori in general. Wow, I had no idea they played Lust and Charmed. Yeah, they did. And I used to watch that show. 
Yeah, well, it was kind of a little bit sped up. You, you, you would recognize it, of course, if you know the song. Mm -hmm. But uh, it wasn't exactly like you hear it on the album, but it was still, yeah, recognizable. So I think if you would watch it again, you would definitely know Now I, I have to find it now. Amani, what was your first introduction to her? I know that you'd heard some songs before, but like, when did it click? I think it clicked when I first went to college when I was 18. Oh, I remember sitting on a bus and like listen to the typical songs like Cornflake Girl and Liquid Diamonds. But then later on, I really started listening to her more dark songs like mm -hmm. these songs like Smokey Joe, uh, Crucify, Scarlet's Walk. I don't know. They have this typical dark vibe. And I don't know. I love the specific atmosphere sphere in it it makes me feel very comfortable and then i started listening to it especially when i was 18 actually yeah have you both seen her in concert yes um yes yes i saw her once, once? at the local surface yes um that was in 2015 together with uh, gregory only once yeah and now for the second time did you get a chance March. to uh talk to her at the meet and greet no i haven't no oh, what about you gregory I haven't either. Actually, this will be my ninth show, so I've seen quite a few, but I've never gone to a meet and greet. No, I haven't. Is that a choice? Well, I think it mostly happened because I'm usually going after work or after school back in the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, I would love to if it's possible, but I'm not. I have a friend who attends a lot of those meet and greets. But yeah, I, I, she's kind of an insider, I think. I wouldn't know where to find the information, so maybe you can help. <laughs> yeah, well, keep listening to the show because we're not even sure that meet and greets are happening, but we'll, yeah. as soon as we know anything, of course, we'll tell everybody. Okay. So this show that you saw together at the, say it for me, the Lokersefest? Lokersefesten, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you. The show that you saw at the Lokersefesten in yes, 2015, yes. August 6th. This is the set list. Let's tell the people. Little Earthquakes, The Nobodies by Marilyn Manson, who she'd previously said she would never touch. Bliss, Beauty Queen Horses, Girl, Take to the Sky with the Datura Bridge, a mashup of Cruel Sweet Sangria and Unrepentant Geraldines. That's wild. Oysters, Pandora's Aquarium, Father Lucifer, Fire on the Side, Running to Stand Still by U2, Precious Things, and one of my favorite covers, In Your Room by Depeche Mode. What did you think yeah. of the show? I liked it. I liked the songs a lot because I'm always the kind of person that will look at her other set lists and kind of see what she's doing, and then I'll, I hope she will do certain things. Yeah. Like, oh, you said, Deep, we, all, we also love Deepesh Mode. Mm -hmm. So I'm, yeah. I really love the song In Your Room. And I love her version too. Yeah, so good. Yeah. It's just, I always prefer seeing her in a concert of her own and not so much a festival like the Locus of Faston mm -hmm. was. So if I compare it to other shows, I have other favorites. But it was a really cool set list, yeah. Yeah, for me, the same. I think uh, I'm very curious to see her play in, um, in the Cirque Royale. But like Gregory says, on a festival, it's always different. I have seen that with other bands and artists too. So I'm very curious. But I love the set list, yeah. And I have to say, it's not her fault. But after Tori's performance, there was a band called Oscar and the Wolf. It's a Belgium group and I like their music. But they have a lot of people who were back in the day teenage fans, so they were all cramping up to be front row for uh, Oscar and the Wolf. And they were doing it during Tory set? Yeah, they weren't paying attention to Tory, so they were talking amongst themselves and being kind of teenage annoying. So that was part of why I couldn't enjoy it as much as I have enjoyed other shows. So it's not really Tory's fault, but it's not 
my favorite show that I've seen because of that mainly. Damn you, Max Colomb, who is Oscar and the Wolf. Now, let's talk about the Cirque Royale show, which takes place on Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. LOL. The show actually takes place on Wednesday, April 5th. The day before is a day off, and the day after is the first of two shows in Amsterdam. Carry on, old me. Can you talk to us about the Cirque Royale? The address is, and I'm going to mess this up, it's Rue de l'Essaimant. 81? Is that wrong? Rue de l'Essaimant. Oh, okay. Rue de la Essaimant. We're not French, actually. We're Dutch. Yeah. So it's okay. hard for us to. Belgium, but we speak Dutch. <laughs> talk to, okay, talk to me about the basics. Let's talk about Brussels itself, because there are three official languages, right? Yeah, there's three official yeah. languages. But I have to say, German is an official language because if you want to go really in history, after the First World War, Germany had to give a little piece of land to Belgium as compensation. Mm -hmm. And that's why German became an official language in Belgium. But it's only less than 1% of people speak German. That's wild. Yeah, if you go to Brussels, you can speak German, but most likely the locals won't understand it as well. Yeah, yeah, well, French. Mostly speak and, French. Yeah, but mostly in Brussels, people try to do their best to speak Dutch as well. So I think from the whole of Belgium, Brussels is the part where they most, mostly speak both languages, both Dutch and French, I mean. But um, their English should be pretty good as well. You don't speak as much French as you do Dutch? Yeah, no, I don't. <laughs> My French is horrible. Oh, really? Mine too. Don't worry. Yours is better than mine. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, I'm, I'm not you. sure. Tell us about Brussels, general vibes, three things you like about the city. So um, especially what I love about Brussels is that it's a city that lives. It's really a capital of a small country. And there are a lot of different cultures also in Brussels. A lot of people with strong opinions and beliefs. And the thing I love the most is the Brussels street artists. So um, the many open-minded people that live there. And of course, also the sense of fashion. For the times I've been there, I always saw so many people well-dressed in a very special way. I really love Brussels. Mm. My thing with Brussels is, like Imani said, it has a lot of different cultures, but you also still get the feeling of its own authenticity. Because if you have Belgium and you have the northern Flemish side who speaks Dutch and you have the south Walloon side who speaks French, you could think they don't really have much in common. Why is Belgium a country if those two sides are so different? Then you enter Brussels and you really get the feeling for, oh, this is Belgium. Like she said, there's a lot of cultures there, but it really has its own connection as well. And I think if you go to places like the Netherlands, but also America, you have your national holidays and everybody dresses up in the national colors and there's a lot of festivities. We don't have that here in Belgium. It's like, okay, we have the day off, great. (laughs) But there's not much of a sense of national pride, I guess. Mm -hmm. But then when you get in Brussels, it kind of falls into place. Like, okay, this makes sense now. (laughs) And that's, yeah, kind of what I like about it. It's kind of unique, but it's also, yeah, it gives the country a certain identity. And it's also, it it does get quite busy because it's Belgium's capital, but it's also the capital of the the European Union. uh, There's a lot of politics going down there. So it can be uh, quite full of traffic, but it's also a lot of culture. 
I love that you called out the street art because I'm starting to look through some of these pictures and Berlin, I know them for their street art, but I had no idea there was such amazing stuff in Brussels. Yeah, yeah. A lot of musicians also, like random people playing guitar or dancing. It's nice. I'm obligated to ask, what's the gay scene like in Brussels? What are the bars? Is there a gay part of town? Political climate? Are we in a liberal city? Yeah, I think there are many gay bars in Brussels. Brussels is actually Belgium's LGBT capital, and they have a lot of main hangouts there in the center of the city, just behind the town hall. And I looked it up, and in Brussels, the tourist office even has a devoted several pages on its website for LGBT visitors. And the gay area in Brussels is a called Brussels Gay Village and the St. Jacques neighborhood. I'm looking through this like list of gay bars and there's the Macho Sauna, La Reserve, Animal Game, and Cave, Stambar, La Boys Boudoir. <laughs> I love these, I love these names. That sounds nice. <laughs> I know, it sounds luxurious. I think Amani mentioned that you love Brussels because there's a lot of life. Yeah, yeah. It's a city that lives. Yeah, a city that lives. That's beautiful. Is this a 24-hour town? Like, we're going to be there on a Wednesday. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah, we will. Um, well, I've been there many times for concerts that were also during the week, like on a Wednesday. And after the gigs, there was always something to do, like a lot of street artists, but also clubs were still open. Okay, so talk to us about the area around Cirque Royale in terms of lodging. Are we in the city center? Is it a cool place? Is it a cool area of town? <laughs> Yeah, well, you're, you can be much more in city center than you are in, at uh, Cirque Royale. It's um, literally 10 minutes walk from the central train station, 10 minutes away from the royal palace. You're 10 minutes away from a lot of museums. It's, it's The Grand uh, Place also, yeah. There's a, a subway station right across, around, around the corner at the Cirque Royale called Madou. And it's one of the biggest metro stations in Brussels. Yeah, it's quite central. You'll definitely be in a good part of town. It's, I think you'd describe it as hip, but it's also very historical. Like I said, the royal palace is there. So if you want to uh, see the guards and everything. And it's also, there's a lot of art deco and art nouveau buildings around. Yeah. So there's a lot of famous architecture to look at. So it's kind of classy, but it's a historic part of town. Talk to us about public transportation in Brussels. I think in general, there will be a lot of good public transportation like i said the train station the biggest one in brussels is 10 minutes away so if you can make the walk i I would recommend walking Mm -hmm. but if you happen to get on a subway line that doesn't go to madu i'm looking at on the map right now there's like two other ones just around the other corner called uh, and so there's a lot of public transportation. There's also buses. And the thing about Brussels is the subway station, the trams, the buses, they all have the same tickets. So if you happen to buy a day pass, for example, you will be able to use it for the subway, for the buses, for the uh, oh, trams. For anything. I want to ask Imani about Ubers, Lyfts, and Cabs. Is it Uber's thing there, or is it just totally walkable? I'm not sure if it's a thing there in Brussels. A lot of people walk, of course. I think uh, in Brussels, a city, a lot of young people there, they just walk. But it's also a city where they have, oh, I'm not sure how to say that like, right now, in, um, Gregory, a Vliegveld. An airport. <laughs> An airport, yeah. <laughs> they, um, <laughs> in Brussels, they have an airport, of course. Then a lot of older people take cabs, I think, taxis, yeah, cabs. Mm-hmm. But I think most young people in Brussels, yeah, they just walk. We'll walk, thank you. Just walk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Public transportation, it runs pretty late. 
So I, I looked it up. Most of the buses and the trains and the subway, you can all get it till about midnight. So oh, I right. don't know how late you want to go party. It should be fine to get back to the uh, hotel. When does it start again? <laughs> 6 a.m.? Uh, I, I think about 4 a.m. or something oh, okay. like that. It- then we'll be fine. We'll be partying till 4 a.m. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we've arrived to Brussels Grand Central Station. We've walked to our hotel, which is a seven-minute walk from the central station we booked our hotel always close to the venue we've checked into our hotel now we're hungry where do we go to eat i looked up some restaurants by cirque royale and i found a lot of different restaurants like if you want to eat italian there's solito posto with pizzas and pastas Uh, if you're into some local food i'd recommend going to mozart more than just ribs it's actually a steakhouse Oh, okay. Mozart. Yeah, Mozart. More than just ribs, it's called. It's a steakhouse. <laughs> I yeah. love that name. Also, another option is perhaps Indian food or Asian food. Shangiga. Yeah, it's Indian food. It has great reviews. So, uh, Or uh, Asian food, Citron Vert. French name, but it's an Asian restaurant, I guess. I love it. <laughs> I'm going to name some traditional Belgian dishes, and I want to hear both of your opinion on whether we must eat them or if we need to avoid them, okay? Okay, yeah. Okay, I'm reading this from a list that we're going to post on our show notes, songswithtraymus.com, and I might mispronounce them. That's fine. Moulet frites. Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's mussels cooked in white wine sauce and served with fries. Yes, yes, it is. It's really good. I love it. I can have it. Are you vegan? No, I'm allergic to shellfish, so uh, (laughs) no for me. (laughs) Okay, talk to us about waterzui, which is a creamy, soupy stew made with vegetables, cream, eggs, and chicken or fish. I love it, yeah. I like it too, yeah. Definitely it's, eat it's it, good. yeah. For the winter months, it'll make you warm inside. It's good, yeah. Mm. Okay, toast cannibale, which is similar to steak tartare and is made of raw beef seasoned with mayonnaise and onion, also known as filet americain. Oh, yes, I love americain. It's good? Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. I've never, as an American, ever eaten raw beef ever once in my life. Really? Uh, never. Oh, it's really good. You can also eat it with fries. It's really, yeah, it's nice. It's light very very thinly, so it's uh, it's okay. You'll uh, <laughs> should be fine. Okay. What about croquette au creva grease, which is tiny gray shrimps oh. that are caught in the North Sea? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. Gregory also can't eat it, but I can, and I really love it. Well, I remember before I got allergic, our grandma, she used to um, peel these gray shrimp for the shops because it's a lot of work to peel them. So she would do it from home. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting with her and eating them. So they're really good. I think they're probably the best shrimp. But now I can't have them anymore. Oh, no. <laughs> I want to hear about this angui au vert, which is made of eel served with a thick green herb sauce. Oh, oh. no, no. I don't like that. We call it... Um, I like eel. It's um, you can't really think about it too much. Yeah, like sea- no. But uh, if you like fish, I think it's it's really nice. It's like a soft white fish. It tastes good. But I know the, the green sauce is famous. But I don't favor it over um, just baked eel or cream sauce eel. But I suppose, yeah, I'm not sure if I would recommend it. I think a lot of people wouldn't like it, especially if you're not used to it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would recommend eel, 
but not with green sauce. I vastly every day, every day I'm either like the most adventurous eater in the world in my mind or really just not at all about it. I can't decide what I'm going to actually be like on the road like that. If you're not feeling too adventurous, but you want to try something from Belgium, we actually have a, a big fries culture. Like you call them French fries. Frites? But yes. But it's kind of a, a sensitive thing for Belgians. <laughs> we always say they come from Belgium. You'll never hear a Belgians call them French fries. And uh, I usually correct people when they say French fries and say, no, they're actually Belgian. You know what? I said to all my group, I said, I'm not getting involved in anyone's drama this tour. And that includes the Belgian and the French. I'm not standing in between them. I'm just going to eat happily and freely. Well, but if you want to eat fries in Belgium, <laughs> um, you can actually just go to, a, it doesn't have to be a fancy restaurant. You can actually go to a, a friture or a, in French. A fry shop, yeah. Oh, really? And it's just fries? Yeah, just, just fries and 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 like meat yeah. fried, fried yeah. meat and stuff like hamburgers. Their thing is they have fries and they have all these typical Belgium meat snacks and meat burgers. I would recommend that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we've checked into our hotel, we've gone to the fry shop, and we've caused a war because we ordered French fries, and then we corrected ourselves for Belgian frites. <laughs> we need a dessert, and I'm going to name some desserts for you. <laughs> and tell us if you could only pick one dessert, would you choose the matin tart? the Belgian chocolate, Belgian waffles, La Dame Blanche, rum omelette, apple flop, stufe, cook de Denain, snoop, oli bola, or coke je start. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> Which would you choose? <laughs> you can only lot. pick one. I'm going to choose the chocolate because I really love chocolate. I'm so proud of our chocolate. If she's going for the chocolates, I'd go for the waffles. You have, uh, you have two kinds of Belgian waffles. You have to the Brussels waffles, mm -hmm. which are more uh, crispy kinds. And you also have the Liège waffles. Those are uh, softer and they're mo mostly like a, a snack down the street. You can have both of them with toppings, but I prefer the, the Liège waffles. They're softer. Yeah, me too. It's also something typical Belgian. So I guess you have to try it. Or it would be nice. Are these more dessert or they're not? Because here we eat waffles for breakfast. <laughs> we start our day right. Would you say they're the same, Imani, or are they uh, different? Your waffles, I think, in America are egg waffles, I think. Those frozen waffles or something like that. Yeah, it's totally different. The waffles we have are much heavier, I think. Yes. Yours are lighter. And I once tried them in a breakfast somewhere. I think it was in Bruges. American waffles. But yeah, it's different. So we've gorged on Belgian frites and Belgian waffles and chocolate. Where do we get the best coffee in Brussels? Do you have any coffee recommendations? Yeah, I uh, once went to a coffee bar in uh, Brussels. It was called Kaffa Bar. And it was a really cozy place. They have really great coffee. They are uh, famous for their Ethiopian coffee. Yeah, it was just a really cozy place with books laying around. Nice snacks to eat also. A funny thing about that bar is that they have a dog that wanders <gasps> the cafe actually Stop a it. bulldog oh my yeah God. it was really cool yeah it was a nice bar i remember that i think it was what, three years ago that i went to brussels kaffa bar it's called my friend joy went to hong kong several years ago and she told me about these cat cafes where there's oh, just yes. cats yeah, wandering yeah. around everywhere and i always thought they should do that with dogs um, yeah, i'm so I glad to hear that they also have there. a cat bar in brussels i know they have one in bruges but no doubt there is one in brussels also it's nice yeah okay. but one thing i would add 
I think it's important to know. I'm not sure if you I've seen this in other countries because I have a friend and this was actually a friend who was attending another Tory show in Brussels uh-huh. and she was there during the day and she texted me and she said, what's going on? It's uh, 3 p.m. and I can't find anything to eat in Brussels. <gasps> no. I, I tell her, like, yeah, what do you mean? Yeah, it's 3 p.m. Of course, you're not going to find anything at this point. The restaurants in Belgium, they work in two shifts. So if oh. you want to go have, have lunch, you, you have to make sure you're in the restaurant and place your order before 2 p.m. Because the kitchen closes down and it opens back up again around 5 p.m. Uh-huh. So that's something that I've heard from other people who are not used to Belgium shifts. That, uh, yeah, they missed out on getting something to eat during that time. Okay, that's good to know. We'll check into the hotel and go straight to get some food before they close. Yeah, like McDonald's and all, it will be open. But if you're really looking for a restaurant, mm-hmm. you will be able to go in uh, usually and get get something to drink. Mm-hmm. Maybe a snack or a waffle or something, but not a main course. A meal. And what's the tipping yeah. culture like there? Is it standard? Is 10% okay? What is the culture like? It's kind of standard in the sense that People usually do it if you're going to a restaurant, you go to a bar, but there's no rules about it. There's not a certain percent. It's mostly just like what you feel like doing. We usually just round the bill up. Like say if your uh, your bill is 28 euros, euros, you'll say uh, 30 euros is fine. Something like that. Perfect. It happens, but it's not something that's a must. Got it. We've arrived in Brussels. We've checked into our hotel. We had our frites and our waffles and some coffee and we played with a little bulldog. Now all the restaurants are closed and we have between two and five. We need something to do. What do we do? What are your recommendations to do in Brussels? Some activities, you mean? Yeah, yeah. just, you know, we want to live like the locals. Uh, well, the venue is very centrally located, and there are some things you can do that are very close by, and of course, you have to walk. Mm-hmm. Um, so I looked up some things. Of course, you can just go sightsee, like you can go see the famous Monica Biss statue. Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's famous, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> so if you want to see him in real life, I think it's very overrated <laughs> because it's a very tiny, it's really small, <laughs> and a lot of people go see Monica Piss, so I think you'll barely see him, actually. It's very <laughs> tiny. But other things you can do, sightsee some architecture. You can do this by foot, of course. Uh, some of my favorite buildings is some basilics, like the Kukulberg Basilics, the Justice Palace. Uh, you have beautiful park nearby, uh, the Saint-Catenet park uh-huh. also you have the grand plus with the guild houses and the boars with the greek sculptures it's really the architecture in, in general is really beautiful you can also shop you have a main street where you can go shop um brussels in general is a really beautiful city yeah what are your thoughts gregory I'm not sure if you're interested in arts. Well, there are lots of museums. A lot of them are in very nice Art Nouveau, Art Deco buildings, architecture. But there's the Fine Arts Museum, uh, classic painters like Rubens and Van Dijk. But there's also the René Magritte Museum, which is uh, one of the famous Belgian surrealist artists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, a lot of 
contemporary art museums, uh, history museums, and Brussels as well is very big on its history. So you can find different museums that will explain more about Brussels. Uh-huh. There's also the Museum of Natural Science with uh, dinosaur skeletons and things like that, kind of like the Natural History Museum in, in uh, London. Uh-huh. But another fun one is the Belgian Comic Book Museum, because we talked about street art before, but Belgium and Brussels also has a big comic book culture. I don't know if you know Tintin. It's a comic book series, but it also has movies and cartoons. But then, of course, also the Smurfs. They are Belgian. Wait, the Smurfs are Belgian? Yeah, yeah, they are. Ah, (laughs) I had no idea. I love the Smurfs. Yeah, they go way back. I'm sure my mom used to collect them. Like the little um, figurines. Oh my god! We have—I uh, don't know if you have that in uh, in America, but we used to have um, the cartoons on television and um, comic books as well. Toys, lots of Smurf toys. I used to play with. I'm looking at the culturetrip.com and it says Brussels is getting a life-sized Smurf village. The Smurfs are turning 60 in the spring of next year. This was in 2017, so it probably already happened. And Brussels is in a mood to celebrate. An extraordinary exhibit is in the works to honor the Blue Dwarves and their Belgian creator, Peo, at the Industrial Tour and Taxi site in the second half of 2018. Oh, we missed it. Yeah, that's probably gone already. Damn. But if you go to the Belgium Comic Book Museum, you'll be sure to see things of the Smurfs, probably statues as well. I'm looking at some pictures, and I see a lot of... Tintin statues and Nero things. I'm not sure if you have those in uh, other countries, but we have a lot of famous comic books in our uh, culture. So that might be a fun museum. And I looked it up. I've been there as a child, so I remember it being very cool. But I was like, I I have to make sure that I'm not recommending this to people. And they go there and it's like a kid thing. (laughs) It's still fun if you're uh, an adult. I appreciate your (laughs) diligent research, Gregory. Thank you. You're welcome, you're right. I definitely want to do that because I, I truly, the Smurfs are my childhood. I really love the Smurfs. Yeah. Another thing that I saw is a private-owned museum. It's called the Museum of Erotic and Mythology. Okay. And it's a private collection with a lot of authentic art pieces like sex toys from ancient Rome and ancient Japan. So that sounds very interesting. It's a private-owned and the owner itself gives the tours and gives the destination. <laughs> yeah, I love when an owner takes you through their collection. Of old sex toys, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's only 10 euros, so it's not that much of an entry fee. Unfortunately, it's closed on Wednesdays. Oh. So, oh. so if you're spending Thursday in Brussels as well, that might be worth it, but I'm not sure if you will be there. <laughs> oh. Just in case we can't find the extroverts, will the two of you talk to me after the show? Definitely. Okay, great. Yeah, I will, yeah. Okay, good. Uh, I want to capture your thoughts. Well, I still have to convince Imani to take the day off from work. Oh, Imani. Um, as we wrap up this episode, can you give us any warnings or safety precautions that we need to be aware of in Brussels when we're there? Anything that you or anything that you need to just let us know? Yeah, um, two warnings I want to give you. Like, um, don't walk alone. Okay. At night, okay. like because some people are very sketchy, like the criminal uh, rate in Brussels is the highest mm-hmm. in whole in the whole Belgium. Okay. Um, like just walk with your friends. Don't go wander alone. Mm-hmm. Like if you're drunk or something, don't <laughs> run away. Right. I guess. Um, stick with your friends. Yeah, that's important. Mm-hmm. And uh, also be aware of pickpockets. Mm. 
because um, like use a closed bag and wear it in front of you or even wear your backpack reversed on your stomach instead. Oh, interesting. Um, like, yeah, they, they work in groups and they are very fast and they will really run with your money. Wow. So be aware of that. Okay, but good. overall, Brussels is really safe, actually. A lot of cops walk around. Um, just a lot of people are still walking around at night. So that's a yeah. good thing. It's mostly on the, on the, the subway station. Uh, the things that Imani said, keeping your bag in front of you, mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. You'll mostly find pickpockets in the subway station. But yeah, and at crowded places also. Yeah, yeah. It might be the worst in, in Belgium. But I don't think it's worse than in other countries. It's just yeah, like no, yeah. in in, uh, in Europe and I suppose in America as well. You see it everywhere, pickpockets. Yeah. <laughs> there used to be a lot of military uh, on the streets of Brussels as well, because we did have the um, terror attacks a couple of years ago. Right. Yeah, but now it's mostly back to normal. You just get a lot of cops, which helps with the safety, of course. Yeah. Are they friendly? <laughs> So you some probably are, some aren't. Uh, I I don't yes. think you should go go up to them and make a joke or something oh, like yeah. that. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think they would mind, but some of them are uh, a little more strict than others. I don't know if you follow the Brussels singer Angel, if you know about her in first place, but if you follow her on uh, Instagram, but she just recently posted uh, some videos from uh, policemen in Brussels who are doing TikTok dances. So I guess some of them are fun. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but I think some of them will also be uh, pretty strict and maybe uh, be a little bit cranky if you try to joke with them. Mm. But I think you'll find quite some Belgians that are like that in general. <laughs> oh, great. Good to know. Good to know. And I think most people are very uh, friendly, but I think yeah, we're more reserved than a lot of people you'll find in, in some other countries. Maybe not everywhere, but yeah, I think we're kind of in the middle. You'll... You, they're not too um, open and cheerful, but they're not mad either. Good. Good. Thank you to Imani Povart and Gregory Delis for sharing your insight and wisdom on this show and your recommendations. Is there any final words that you have before we play this wonderful cover of In Your Room by Tori Amos from the 2015 Brussels show? Um, well, one thing that I saw in your um, list of questions mm -hmm. that I did some research about is actually the... The venue itself. Oh, yes. I always forget to talk about the venue. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I looked it up and I, um, because, of course, it's called the Cirque Royale, um, Koninklijk Circus in uh, Dutch. You'll see that a lot in Brussels, everything has two names. It mm -hmm. has a Dutch name, it has a French name. Mm -hmm. But I never stopped to um, wonder, why is it called that? Mm -hmm. And apparently, it was built in the 1800s, 1878 to mm -hmm. be exact, mm -hmm. and uh, it was called the Cirque Royal, the Royal Circus, mm -hmm. because it literally used to be a permanent circus. Oh. So if you go inside it now, you'll, um, of course, for the Tory show, there will be uh, seats in the middle, but you'll see that the other seats are actually uh, circular, the um, places where the seats are, where people are sitting. Because it actually used to be a circus, and apparently it was new back in the day. They have a circus that was an actual building that was permanent, and there even used to be a system for water shows. So they oh, could wow. fill it with water, yeah, and they could have water shows. But then when the First World War broke out, it actually became a prison. Oh for prisoners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it went back to being an... Uh, 
a circus in the 1920s, and then the Second World War broke out. And after that, they didn't use it anymore till the 1950s. And now it's, yeah, for, they still perform circuses there, like uh, Cirque du Soleil, stuff like that. But uh, yeah, they usually use it for music and I think maybe theater too, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought that was kind of interesting that it has such history. Yeah, and it looks really intimate and the ceiling looks amazing. I can't wait to be there. I've never been to Cirque Royale, so I'm really excited to see it. It looks really cool on the pictures. Yeah, the pictures look cool. And thank you for explaining why everything has two names. That makes makes sense now, of course. Yeah, because, of course, you're you're saying you don't want to make uh, any drama. Yeah. But it's kind of a sensitive thing, like uh, like I said, the Flemish between uh, and the Walloons. And Brussels is literally in between that, and they do a pretty good job at keeping everything even, like... uh, You'll see everything. It's not, it's not one long name that's going on. No, it's just it has a Dutch name and it has a, a French name. <laughs> okay, good. Thank you for being on a show. And we'll talk again in person, right? Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. Definitely. I love it. Please tell our audience where they can find you online if they wanted to follow your adventures. Um, okay, you I'll... can follow me on Instagram. It's uh, just my name, Imani. Like, I think my name will be on the podcast title. Yeah, and, I'll, and we'll link to it in our show notes, of course. What about you, Gregory? Uh, well, the same thing. You can follow me on my Instagram. Uh, and it's just my name, Gregory Deli, uh, all in one word, uh, at Instagram. I love it. We'll, find, we'll put that on our show notes page, songswithtoriamus.com. Thank you for being on the show, and we'll talk in person. Bye. Thank bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.
Production of the Sideways Society. For more information or links to things mentioned on the show, please visit us online at songsoftoriamus.com.